0: The Voice of Truth Tells me a different story The Voice of Truth
1: Welcome to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike K. Zinger, accompanied by my co-host, Pastor Brian Leversy, the only show in America right here where you will experience the fusion of church and state. So on the Voice of Truth Radio Show, we'll be engaging in vigorous, robust discussion on culture, history, and current events, all from a biblical perspective. So the Voice of Truth Radio Show is on at Five o'clock on Thursday, three o'clock on Saturday. So uh, we want you to tune in every week. Same show, but we have it on twice a week, and we appreciate you listening. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger, and um, we got a guest in the studio we're going to introduce in just a minute. But uh, we always do small talk. (laughs)
0: Very small. <laughs> I mean, I don't
1: think our talk has ever gotten big on any I don't show think we've so. done. We should do it sometimes.
0: I, I don't know if people can handle big talk, though. I mean, small talk's where it's at. Well,
1: we're still waiting for that phone call from the Rush Limbo limbaugh, limbaugh Show because I, th- well, I think I we're think the guys. We have a
0: better chance of getting a call from the Rush Lumbo Show <laughs> than the limbaugh Show. <laughs>
1: Did you uh, plan that joke? It, you know, no, go. you
0: just opened the door. So, so it got
1: cold last night.
0: Oh, man. I walked out this morning. I just mowed my my lawn yesterday, hopefully for the last time this year. Yes. And uh, there was frost on the ground. And frost on the ground. kind of scary to me. You know, I'm from Southern California. We don't get frost on anything ever. No, don't and... don't embellish.
1: You're from Iowa. <laughs> you went from Iowa to All right. Iowa there to some, uh, all right no.
0: <laughs> I don't remember that, though. That I put away all you, of those memories no, of really? the snow you? and the cold and the ice. Yeah, and, uh,
1: yeah. So Southern California. We had snow drifts.
0: And they would cover the, the, almost the top of our garage. Really? And uh, I remember as a kid going out there in Iowa. And I was like, uh, you know, 14 years old. And my dad would wake me up at some ungodly hour in the morning before school. And he'd hey, it snowed last night. And that meant grab the shovel and shovel the <laughs> And you like, Dad, why aren't we yeah. in Southern California? Yeah. yeah. What's the yeah. deal? Why That's, are we here in yeah. Iowa? Thanks, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, 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 you know, I remember all that stuff. And, and you know, to be fair, though, We've been here two years. We've been through two winters, and they're pretty mild here. They really are. Well, you know what?
1: We've had mild winters, I think, for the last five, six, seven, maybe ten years. Uh, See, I moved back from Indiana in in, uh, thirteen, or the end of twelve, no, thirteen. Well, Indiana can put on
0: a a good winter. You know how to do Indiana. If you live,
1: (laughs) we lived. uh, Don't get me started because (laughs) we lived uh, blocks away from the Chicago border. The Windy City, which is right on Lake Michigan and is the worst winter oh, anywhere in the world. You I think it's been r- – uh, I think there's empirical data that says – Yeah, I think
0: so. I would agree. Or gloves, Do they anyway. get that uh, lake effect snow is Yes, that what they call yes. It?
1: So I lived in Crown Point, which is just south of Chicago, maybe like 45 minutes. And there's some kind of weather pattern there that has been there since uh, creation that <laughs> – the winds swoop down and dump everything over Crown Point. The whole state can have no snow, but Crown Point yeah. can have three feet. Okay, so anyway, that's... Uh, Places right.
0: not to move to on my <laughs> yeah, list now. <laughs>
1: it's actually a cool little town, but uh, that's where... Uh, Who was the... Uh, one of the gr- famous outlaws broke out of the courthouse there, a beautiful courthouse. They made a movie about it, I forget. Huh. Oh, it's cool. Cool town. Uh, Indiana is flat. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. When you've moved so from West, Iowa, you, yeah. I, I drove through Iowa when I worked for FedEx. You don't
0: know where it starts and where it begins. Well, just...
1: it was nighttime, so I had no idea. Yeah. I, I should have called you. Were you in Southern California? I could have. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. No, you weren't. No. I think you'd have been. No? You might have been. I might have been. We'll figure, we'll figure it out. So in the studio today, Glenn Newman, who's a dear friend of yeah. mine. I've known him for, uh, I think, Glenn, over 20 years, we met. Uh, when I was running for uh, for Congress in Ohio, um, why I did that I don't know, but it may have been providentially, uh, purposed so that I would meet you, because Glenn Newman is uh, is uh, a mid Ohio Valley guy, but uh, he just he folks don't know this, but you uh, you are a, a mover and shaker in the world of, of politics. And uh, cultural battles. You know, you're laughing, so cut it out. <laughs> but, you, <laughs> but, uh, but, folks, folks don't. The folks that don't know you um, will learn of that, and the folks that do know you know it already. But thanks for uh, thanks for coming in this morning.
2: Th- this has been an enlightenment, truly. Really. <laughs> uh, I was I still in Chicago. Uh, After being in Chicago, going to school there, uh, and I'm still frozen from that (laughs) after all these years, but I didn't know that uh, you caused lake effect in Indiana. You personally caused it.
1: No, I lived in Crown Point. Okay, I have to to do this again. (laughs) I lived in Crown Point. Okay, so Crown Point is like half hour directly south of... Southeast of Chicago. Yes, and there's something about the there's something about the particular point on the map that we got more snow than everyone around me. Now there was it was an exaggeration when I said there was no snow in Indiana except for Crown Point. That didn't happen. Really, but three feet of snow.
0: I, I heard that Krem Point hasn't had snow since he left, though. That's exactly right. So I, you're reading, I don't you're know. You're reading fake news. <laughs> get on the,
1: all right, so let's talk to Glenn Newman. Glenn is, um, um, is taking the time out to be with us this morning. We're, we're going to talk about He's got a great story, and uh, we're just going to uh, get into that and uh, hear about some of the battles you've been through and uh, how you fought the battles and, and um, uh, what you've done over the years. You've been involved in for many years uh, like I said, in, in uh, political battles, cultural battles, and, and you still are at the age of <clears> – <throat> I won't say you're – but um, – 76.
2: 76,
1: okay. Yeah. So he was born in uh, – 45. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. I didn't say that All right, so let's talk about uh, – uh, you, you, you were a businessman. and I, I want to get to this story in particular. I know you did a lot before – Uh, And during your your business years, but uh, you and your wife had um, uh, what kind of business? Just describe what kind of business you had, where where the uh, locations were, and um, uh, we'll start with that.
2: My wife started, uh, she wanted to start Christian art galleries and uh, framing businesses, and uh, a gifted artist she was, and we started those, and she never wrote or painted after that, but uh, we wanted to start a her dream was to have Christian artists on display and uh, real ones, and uh, and it was uh, it was it was a wonderful experience. Some of the some of the actually famous artists we were bringing in at least one every year, uh, internationally and nationally known artists uh, to be on display, hands on, talk to, and uh, it was it, it was it was an experience, and we met a lot of incredible. Christian artists throughout the years and the framing we did was, was museum uh, conservation framing which was people we did work for a lot of museums and so it grew out of her talent and her creativity and uh, we grew uh, at multiple locations uh, up in Amish country we were in malls and and uh, we were in the Charleston market uh, we were in, here in of course in Parkersburg and Marietta but with all that said our our customer base reached uh, uh, 150 200 miles people would come so all of that was because of uh, of her total and our our total belief in that uh serving people with a christ based business was a good thing hmm. and to, and to put up images of uh of uh, people who loved uh, who loved their faith and they produced art that reflected that um well, the most famous, course, was Thomas Kincaid. Hmm. Yeah. Um, and we had—actually, um, he walked into the store at Parkersburg, he and, he and his wife, Nanette, uh, early on. <laughs> hmm. And uh, they were selling art door-to-door. But anyway, um, so we, we, got in, we got into that. And then um, our political side, my wife was very political. Before, um, I wasn't. She was. Uh, and then uh, I became involved with the Tea Party group in growth in Ohio. We were there and uh, as the Tea Parties grew and uh, became involved, became involved and in, uh, the Ohio Liberty Coalition was kind of a, a, an over umbrella over them protecting, trying to help protect them legally and all, all the Tea Party groups uh, through the battles with the IRS, which was a, which was a war, mm. um, watched many, many good people destroyed. So it was uh, – politically, we were involved with the House and the Senate and uh, – uh, In Columbus. In Columbus. Yeah.
1: So your wife – Karen was politically involved before you were, huh? Totally,
2: yeah. She went to the Nixon inauguration and danced the night away, and uh, that was before we were married. And uh, uh, but yeah, she was she was very political Uh uh, for years, and uh, me not so much. Uh, I was ignorant. Um, I was a guy that would vote for a judge because his name sounded like my dog, um, <laughs> and a guy could
0: ruin my life with a form. Letter. So you're not supposed to do that, right? No, <laughs> okay. no. And it, it, it mark is, that down, Bob. But yeah, mark that down. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yes, that's that's that is. But that's where that's where people are, and the the real pain of watching what is going on is people are so un. Educated about what we were given, Mm -hmm. what we were given. When you started this, the the mixture of church and state, that that subject comes up, and you you just want to say, "Stop talking." Mm -hmm. We can be Christians and say anything we want.
1: Right. I mean, if you you go to Jamestown, um, the first uh, English-speaking settlement started in 1607. There's a church there that was built in the 1930s. In the church under glass is the original foundation of the original church there, where they had the original political meeting yeah. in uh, 1609 or whatever it was. So uh, we've been meeting in churches forever. There is no separation of church and hmm. state. It's a big canard. So let's get uh, talk about your, your business. Your business is doing well, you have many locations and things are going great. And then um, describe what happened one day at uh, at uh, at work.
2: I, I will do that. I need to back up just just a little bit. Sure. We, we were very much involved. Uh, I was very much involved in uh, a bill that was going through the Ohio legislation uh, that that's that stated that if 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 a business has a as a uh, a freedom. They, they have a religious belief. They do not have to perform the service or, uh, do the act that the customer wants. So I was very much involved in it, believing in it, because if the government can tell you who you must do business with transversely, they can tell you who you can't. So anyway, I was interviewed by a, a, a TV network, uh, because I was president of this organization and they wanted my opinion. Why? I don't know, but they did. So I gave my opinion and, uh, the next thing we knew, it uh, was a warm morning uh, out in front of our, we lived above our store uh, there in Marietta, and uh, there was some noise on the street, and uh, went over, looked out the window, and we had protesters in front of our building, uh, which <laughs> was the last thing I ever expected to have there in, in, in this little location, and there were people there that I knew um, carrying signs that I couldn't believe, and um, we were in it, uh, and it grew. Uh, grew from that day uh, to our um, social presence. We, I had to take down our uh, social presence online. And I had to go talk to our re- remote locations and tell them this could be coming to you soon, which it did. And uh, dealing with it for uh, several months was extremely painful.
1: So this is this is organized by the LGBT folks, yes, right? Yes, yes. And uh, <clears throat> they're the ones that— targeted you in this interview they're, they're coming yeah, after exactly glenn newman and uh his wife Karen. and their shop Karen, yeah Karen our and, christian faith yes uh, that's what they were coming in the in the bill that you were helping to get passed in ohio was a religious freedom bill mm-hmm. which we have religious freedom in the first amendment so these bills that that are these riffer bills religious freedom bills are redundant and shouldn't be necessary. We, we tried to pass one in West Virginia, and it failed five or six years ago. But uh, we have the First Amendment. We have a First Amendment right of conscience, not just religious uh, freedom, Glenn Newman, but a right of conscience. If our conscience tells us that uh, we shouldn't do something, we have a right not to do that. And you have a right not to be involved in, <clears throat> excuse me, in a, a gay wedding or whatever, and uh, these photographers and bakers all over the country that are getting sued for this. They're targeting them too. They they did the same thing in Indiana with Mike Pence. They put, targeted a little pizza shop and sent folks in and and just destroyed these folks' lives. I don't know if they're still in business. I think they are. But but this is what happens, and this is what this is what they did to you, right? So then they they protested your shop on Front Street in Marietta and and your other locations also. And and so how did this affect your business? It,
2: our customers did not want to cross; they did not want to cross the picket line, which didn't last all that many uh, days. But the the stigma lingered because they even even the good people thought, well, they must be doing something. Yeah. <laughs> we weren't doing sure. anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we'd been there for years, and so uh, it is. It was one of those things. But the, the greatest uh, disappointment was uh, we found that we had so few people that stood behind us
0: yeah
2: um we were out there fighting this for a lot of people because it it was right the bill was right because it would it protected actually the lgd people as well as as the rest of the
0: people well this is the thing is there was never anybody you actually refused right there was was never a situation where it was like oh we're not going to do work for you this was simply born out of a targeting of you in an interview where you were supportive of legislation that would protect both the customer and protect the, um, the, uh, vendor, uh, in this, the situation of, Hey, this is uncomfortable for us to be able to do business because of some beliefs that are, that are taking place here, but there was never actually a time where you refused anybody business. Correct. 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 So, so they're sitting there trying to shut down your business, trying to target you, saying mean things about you. And, and these are people both you know and don't know who are swept up down this narrative because of a group that wants to make an example of you.
2: Exactly. And it, it wanted to be, it wanted to cover Ohio because I was speaking for all these tea parties in Ohio. So they wanted to throw it out at everyone and use, and use us as a, a, as, as a target. It was easy to target us, not go out and find all these other people. So it was it was during that time that uh, a, a realization that um, good people need to know where they can go mm-hmm. and to um, group together. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, well, let's I'll tell you. Let's take a break. We're with uh, Glenn Newman, who's uh, uh, lives here in the Middle Ohio Valley and has been involved in uh, politics and the culture wars for many years has a great story and and is still hard at it. 76 years old. And I call him the general because he he just has a a knack that the Lord's given him for uh, organizing and and directing folks in in the cultural battle. So we'll talk uh, more with Glenn Newman right after this. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be right back. Back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. I'm your host, State Senator Mike Gazinger, with Brian Levercy, my co-host. The only show in America where you will experience the fusion of church and state. We don't, we don't do it any of that separation of church and state stuff <laughs> here. right? Why? We fuse it, man. It's like yeah. a pastor. And a politician, and they can deal with it. Sounds like Let a joke, doesn't it? Deal it. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor
0: and a senator walk into walk
1: a- into a radio show, uh, a yeah. radio studio. <laughs> uh, but we got uh, Glenn Newman with us, and uh, had a great first segment just talking about some of the things that uh, Glenn's gone through. Glenn's a a local um, political uh, cultural activist. He's been doing it for decades, and is very effective at, uh, at it. By the way, if you were involved in the Trump train last year, which I was. Um, not voluntarily i got a call from glenn newman and glenn said mike you're going to help me set up the trump train and i said um and he said yes sir uh yes sir yes sir i'm going to help so i i got the help with a couple of things and was involved in it It was great fun and amazing uh, how, how many people did you say how many vehicles 1100
2: yes we, oh had my that, we had that count we had it from Oh, well, like that's two that, that's wow. incredible.
1: And, and uh, you had that gift to put things like that together. Uh, so, we were talking um, up in the last segment about how uh, you and Karen, your wife, have these uh, framing shops or art galleries all over the Mid Ohio Valley. Uh, I think it was 20 years ago when this happened. Or, no, two, year. two, ten, uh, 11 years ago, yeah. 2010. Yeah. And uh, the LGBT folks. Basically, used their tactics and and uh, did great harm to your to your business. And uh, but here you are, you uh, you are involved. You, you were involved in Ohio in uh, the the political movement there, the cultural movement there. You met uh, we met a lot of the same folks. But you know you know a lot of folks over there, high ups. And uh, so maybe just talk about how uh, how you uh, this the the event with your framing shop didn't necessarily push you into politics into the culture war, but you and Karen uh, are, are greatly involved in it and have been for many years.
2: My wife was a political person. I've always just been a mouth. And uh,
1: <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but thank you for clearing. <laughs> He's the Aaron to her, Moses. <laughs> yes, that, yes, that too. <laughs> uh,
2: yeah, she's the brilliant one. I married way up. But um, it, it it is one of those things that you, you look around and you say – things are going wrong, what can you do? You have a couple options. You can go to the mall and sit in the coffee shop and drink coffee and talk about it all day long. Nothing changes. Or you can go out and you try to change something. Mm. And uh, si- since I had no idea what to do, nothing was wrong because I had no <laughs> I had no fallback. Whatever you did was well, right.
0: Wouldn't you say that's where a lot of people are at, though? I mean, there's a lot of people that get frustrated about it, things, but they don't take time to learn what they're frustrated about or how to do something about it. And and I don't want to get too far off track, but I think it's important for people to hear how that materializes in somebody. Like I think there's a lot of people they see what's going on right now, and they're 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 frustrated. They're like, "Hey, I can't believe this, this doesn't even make sense. This isn't common sense." But then they just feel like they're getting freight trained over, kind of like they tried to freight train you over. So so what is that, that that clicks in somebody? What's that that clicked in you to go from somebody who didn't know about something to now you're out trying to make things happen? How can the average person get to that point where it's, a, I'm just not going to sit here, watch the show, and get frustrated. I'm going to have a voice. I'm going to get involved. What? How does that materialize in somebody?
2: I think the majority of people, the majority of our people, I have a very good friend. His name is Rich Youngblood. Uh, Rich has been a an activist, I think uh, right after he spit his pacifier out, he said, follow me to the polls. <laughs> but uh, he, he was talking one day, I was, I was enraged uh, about uh, trying to get some a- anti-abortion bills passed in Ohio. And Rick said, you need to understand, our side grew up with, with a Bible that uh, said, these are the things you do and these are the things you don't do. And if you do the things you're not supposed to do, you end up in a really bad place. The other side grew up going, hey, do anything you want. It's all good and great. You can lie, cheat, whatever you want to do. So our people feel they cannot do anything to offend anyone hmm. to a point that they become numb and won't do anything for anything hmm. other than go to the mall and talk about it or sit in front of a TV and, and just go. So,
0: so you say our Christian politeness mm-hmm. a lot of times keeps us from having the voice that we should have for truth.
2: Exactly, and, and it's, you don't have to offend someone. Mm-hmm. But th- th-
0: there's a statement that says truth and love. The Bible talks about exactly. But as you as you let
2: people talk to you, you're training them on how they can how they can address you. If someone's standing there yelling and calling you names, and if you just continue to let them do that, they've learned real real quick. I can do that anytime I want.
0: Like they were in front of your store.
2: Exactly. Yes, and I went out and talked to them about that. But the reality was, you. You, you need people need to learn what they can do because the system has everyone pushed down to a point they believe they can't do everything and right now it's just day after day after day this constant get in line do what they tell you to do and i'm going to tell you a very quick story but it is so applicable to what we're talking about i had to go to cleveland clinic the day before yesterday so i ran over to sam's to get gas and it was late and i it was really rushing and when i pulled in to the sams the line was clear back out into the where you pull in but they were all in the lines that told them the direction to go every car there was nothing in the wrong direction so i whipped around by the bank came in the other way came up i stopped they do the same thing and and i hop out and i'm getting gas and these people are there looking at me like what are you doing you're going the wrong way you're going the wrong and then the other people going what is he doing? I got to do that too. Then it was like bumper cars, people banging and crashing to get back in. But people are so set up that if somebody tells you you go that direction, it's like being a lemming, mm-hmm. and you don't stop and say, "Wait a minute, is is that the direction I want to go?"
1: You know, um, just if I could mention what t- we're talking, we're recording on uh, what day is it? Wednesday, mm-hmm. and uh, the show's on Thursday. So this is a day after the election uh, in Virginia, and. The uh, I won't get political here, but the guy who won, uh, Youngkin, was way behind. Mm-hmm. And was way behind, uh, not way behind, but fairly good uh, amount behind, even up to the election, even up to a few weeks before the election, until uh, Terry McAuliffe, who's the incumbent, said that parents shouldn't have any say yep. in what or how their kids are taught. Well, guess what? These boards of education all across across the country, and and this is to your question about what triggers somebody. This has triggered people. People have seen during COVID how their kids are being taught critical race theory or whatever the theory it is, and uh, these these, uh, pornography Mm -hmm. books that are being taught in schools, and parents are waking up. And that, it, during the Tea Party, it was something different. I think it had to do with, with money back then and, the, and budgets and so on. But uh, I, I posted on my uh, Facebook page this morning, I said, uh, I put a picture of a red wave, and I said, a red wave of social issues. We have been, the Republican Party, Glenn, and you know you know this, has forever been telling uh, this the, the uh, us... Us, uh, us social issue people, uh, the Christians, shut up about social issues. Shut up about abortion. Shut up about sexuality uh, type of of issues. Shut up about religious freedom. And there is a that 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 is that speaks to our nature. God made us to to. Care about religious freedom, about abortion, about freedom, about uh, natural rights that we have and are given to by God, and uh, and Americans are are waking up to it. Uh, this is this is what you do, Glenn Newman. This is what you're so good at is is organizing people uh, to fight in the culture wars. I think that's that's probably the best description of you that's ever been said. <laughs> Can you mark that down? You are I'm gifted you are gifted to organize people to fight in the culture wars.
2: We brought in a lady um, she's a nationally known uh, witness against all this pornography in schools and CRT and, and all of this. We brought her in. She spoke uh, last Saturday um, in, in Marietta and uh, to people that want to know. What is going on in the education of their children in in government school in government indoctrination centers? The, it is it is so prolific. Is CRT going to be stopped? No, it's not. Is uh, pornography going to be stopped? No, it's not. When you when you saw the books laying on the table, that is it for a third grade child. Mm-hmm. There, it, it, once a child enters this this reprogramming system, the parents have lost this child. Yeah, and. Uh, in many cases, the teachers have no concept of the books that are pour, been pouring in. Under the CARES Act, fifty five thousand additional pornography and CRT books have entered into and been put into electronic libraries throughout wow. the country. Here, 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 and in Ohio, and she put them up, showed them. It, it is it is a travesty, and and people come up and say, "Well, I can't take my child out of public school because what am I going to do? Homeschool the child?" Mm-hmm. You know we both work and they go on 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 the decision is what was God's greatest gift to you was it a job or your child hmm. I mean you've got to back up and make it it's it's a decision do do I want do I want to keep the, the second job third job whatever or or do I want this this that was this child that was given to me hmm. I'm responsible until it it becomes an adult and it these children the the pure Pornography that are given mm. to these little children, and the enormous amount of of transgenderism mm. that is given to these children, and and the amount of that is is so staggering that she started twelve thirty. We cut her off at uh, at four because it was so oppressive. I, I couldn't deal with it.
1: Anymore. Mm. Yeah, and 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 this this works. I mean, yeah. these children are brainwashed, and you know how it is when when you learn something when you're young, it stays with you. Uh, uh, that that's uh, that's just stunning well, to hear with you when
0: this is uh, the reality is it's a it's a spiritual battle yeah. it's not just an educational battle no. it's a spiritual battle and the battle is is that our creator has formed us to want us to be in his image he's put his indelible stamp of his image of, of the conscience that we have to know who we are and to know why we were created and to understand that we have true purpose and and the the ruler the darkness the ruler of darkness of this world as the bible refers to satan he wants to fashion people into his image he wants the world is wanting to put its stamp on your child yeah. and the process through which they're doing that is by promoting these agendas in where your children spend their formative years and if parents don't start standing up as they are which is encouraging isn't that so encouraging is, to fair. see that yes. We need to continue to do that to to get our children where they should be in being formed of God. You,
1: you and your wife uh, homeschool your four kids, or mm-hmm. the ones that were uh, uh, you, you've homeschooled your four kids. Um, my kids are in a Christian school, so I was I was studying with my twelve-year-old uh, daughter uh, the other night, Glenn, and and uh, the, the the curriculum for Wood County Christians, where all my kids. When, at least for part of their education, uh, is Bob Jones University Press. Okay, so Bob Jones, do you remember in the 80s when they just got creamed? It was just right when my sister was there and my brother-in-law. Uh, so uh, so she's. She, I'm looking at the curriculum. First, I, I, it, it's above my head. It's very rigorous. And it talks about – it relates everything – to creation. It brings everything back to God, Pastor. Yeah. Uh, everything back to God. It's going to be one or the other. Yeah. And uh, one thing about homeschool, during this whole COVID thing, you know, God will get the preeminence, right? Uh, during this whole COVID thing, homeschooling has doubled or tripled yeah. among the black folks. Glenn, it's up five times. Five times as many people in the black communities are homeschooling their kids now uh, as opposed to two years ago. So people are waking up. They are waking up. And it's it's so exciting to see. So we're about out of time, Glenn Newman, but I want you to talk about your uh your group, the uh, Middle Ohio Valley Citizens Action Coalition that you have done. Uh you've led this group for fifteen years, yeah. twice a month. That that to me is is just phenomenal and amazing. So tell us about the group, where they meet. I've been there a number of times. And uh, folks will love it. The, the, a lot of folks, the emails I get as a state senator um, are, are, that I respond to are folks are saying, look, what's going on? What can I do? And um, uh, they feel alone. Yes, they right? feel alone. And I've, I've directed many people to this group uh, over this whole uh, mask and vaccine thing. And uh, via vis-a-vis John Davis, who's, who's one of your, one of your uh, right, right-hand men, and he's a great leader. Um, so tell us about the group, what you do, how long the meetings are, where they are, and so on.
2: Middle Ohio Valley Citizens Action, Turning Talk into Action. Uh, Nothing happens. If you talk about it, it only works when you get out and do something. And uh, we meet uh, the second and fourth Mondays of each month at Freedom Gate Church in Marietta on Tennis Center Drive and the first Tuesday of each month at the Rock Church in Parkersburg. Uh, And it uh, is—we have many teams. We have education teams. We have wellness teams. We have uh, preparedness teams. We have— um, our voter integrity team, which is going out and surveying uh, to hopefully turn around and go back to paper ballots uh, throughout yes, Ohio and please. West Virginia. And right. we'll be voting one day, one day only, and uh, not this extended uh, time for uh, the destruction of our liberty.
1: Is there a way to get a hold of you or one of your um, right-hand men, uh, You know, uh, or should they just come to the meeting?
2: Uh, we'd love for you to come to the meeting. Our website is uh, MOVCAC.com. Uh, okay. you, you can always go to the website, sign up for our emails uh, that come out about every other day. Uh, the meetings uh, start at 7. They end uh, when I can force them out of the buildings. And
1: uh, <laughs> Well, that's because you don't want to leave when you go to these meetings. You don't. I've, I've been to a number of them. So my fam my, my wife's been there. My kids they all love yeah. it. It's it's so good. It's in a, you meet in a church, which you should be sued for because that is not a separation of church and state. Bringing politics into the church, how dare you?
2: And we meet in churches because we as the as this action group must have the blessing of God. Amen. Amen.
1: I, and I love that. I love that. Oh, uh, it's a wonderful thing. So. Uh, we're done with this segment, and I appreciate you so much coming in. We're going to do one more segment on abortion. Can you hang around because we're going to? Uh, there's some there's uh, uh, some really exciting things going on. We'll do a quick segment, but uh, I'd like to have you in on the conversation because you know uh, Janet Porter, and uh, I know her a little bit, but not like you do. And there's some really exciting things going on with abortion. The uh, Supreme Court is hearing uh, yep. the Texas case, correct? So, uh, Pastor, we're going to come back in a minute with Glenn Newman, talk about some of the abortion stuff going on, and uh, then we'll do our etiquette segment, which millions around the world tune Absolutely. into. Have we done the numbers? They count in? on this. I, I
0: mean, so. civilization is held together by that segment.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say that, but I think, yeah, I think you're right. I don't
0: think I'm over-speaking.
1: Uh, you're right. All right, so um, I'm going to quit the over that we're both doing and tell you you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. With Mike Gazinger and Brian Leversy. We got uh, the next segment. We're going to talk about abortion, and this will be fascinating to you. Glenn Newman's going to stick around, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth radio show. I am your host, State Senator Mike Gazinger, and got my co host along with me, Pastor Brian Leversy. Had a Great first two segments with Glenn Newman, who graciously has decided that, yeah, hey, I'll hang around and uh, help these two losers to have a radio show. <laughs> we appreciate that. The check is in the mail. Is the check in the mail? Do we send checks Suffer like
0: The same type we always
1: okay, do. Okay, because I haven't gotten one yet, so I'm thinking we don't. Um, but we have a great time here. Thursdays at 5, Saturdays at 3. Glenn Newman, if you didn't hear the first two segments, you got to listen to it, and you can... Get our podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. So we're going to do, here in the third segment, we're going to talk about this Texas heartbeat uh, bill that is now a law. And I just saw on Facebook, Glenn Newman, that th- this bill, this is just a month or so that it's been law, month or two. And it, the, the law has already saved 2,149 babies from abortion. In one month, that's just staggering to me.
2: Isn't that amazing? Two thousand. St- stop, 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 and think. What if you were one of those two thousand?
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, well, you twenty years down, from now, they'll be interviewing these kids and say, and and, and they'll have LifeSite News or some of these Christian groups say, "Hey, you were, uh, you were one of the babies that was saved because they the, they'll know." I mean, they do that now with some of these babies that were saved through whatever law or uh, this guy named Jason Rapert. Who's a senator in um, Arkansas? Who's the head of the National Association of Christian uh, Lawmakers? That I was telling you about during the break, but uh, he's the first guy with Janet Porter to pass the Heartbeat Bill, and that was in Arkansas. First guy. He's a he's a great great senator, and uh, so. But uh, you and I know Janet Porter. I know her just from a few conversations, and she wouldn't really know me if I pastor in the hallway, but you've known her for a long time. And these are her bills, is that correct? Mm-hmm, that's correct. So she's had them written, uh, she wrote them, or had had a, an attorney write them, and she's the she's the one that started the heartbeat bill.
2: She is the one that started virtually every bill that saves any child from government murder. And she writes them, pushes them, talks them, spends hours on her knees praying for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, hours and hours and hours and hours and committed her life to this she has committed her life to saving these children Mm -hmm. and it is phenomenal
1: and it just passed in ohio uh, a year ago or so and she was all over it pastor all Mm -hmm. over it for years Um, for years but i mean when when they went to ohio because that's her home state right Mm -hmm. she was born and raised Mm in ohio I think Western honor. She's, she's buddies with Lori Byers. Do you know Lori? Very well. So Lori is a big pro-lifer in Warren County, which sits right around the uh, uh, Cincinnati uh, border there. And Lori is just phenomenal. But uh, Her
2: story is is absolutely—
1: Janet's or, or Lori's?
2: Both. But Lori's is, is, is a story of victory. Hmm. Just an absolute story of victory. It is beyond words. It is. Her,
1: it's her, uh, Lori and Janet, uh, Lori Viers and Janet Porter are very good friends, and they have the same heart. Mm-hmm. Their heart is abortion. I mean, you were talking earlier about how Janet, uh, when you're talking with Janet about whatever's up, she brings it back to abortion because that's her heart. I mean, <laughs> no pun intended. That's her heartbeat. God has given both these gals a, a heart to save babies and uh, it, it's we forget about it driving down the street but but babies are being slaughtered every day and how how God pastor Leversey, see how God uh, has that much mercy I don't know but we let it happen I let it happen I mean folks fight it and we do fight it but it's still going on uh, but God is is so merciful to America that that uh he hasn't you know judged us more harshly yeah. uh, but uh the heartbeat bill is going on uh, passed in texas it, it's just it's a different bill too i mean i don't understand it completely but citizens can sue um you know citizens can take up an action against whoever um so the left hates it satan hates it look at uh, you already saved over two thousand babies yeah. satan's gonna hate that and um so uh, Roe v. Wade is, is in peril a little bit again. Uh, Glenn Newman, do we have the votes on the Supreme Court to overturn Roe and send it back to the states?
2: If I knew that. I, 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 look, at our, I look at our Supreme Court and I, I just am baffled. I look at the voting that just occurred.
1: Talking about the main decision? Yeah. So, so in Maine, they they what passed a, a law that was gave him vaccine freedom, and two Trump appointees, Kavanaugh and uh, Amy Coney Barrett, they're supposed to you know, Amy Coney mm-hmm. Barrett. Oh, well, she's a she's a strict constructionist. You've never seen anything like her. She folds like a cheap tent on the big stuff. I mean, when Trump needed these folks, Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, Amy Coney Barrett, they fold. Mm. And that's what worries me. Uh, they and two of uh, Barrett and and uh, Kavanaugh folded on the main decision. Gorsuch very bravely uh, wrote a dissent and uh, on the on the vaccine mandate thing, which is just freedom, folks. It's just freedom. Mm-hmm. You have the freedom not to be forced to take a vaccine. Uh, so that's uh, Glenn. That's that's what I'm going off of. I'm watching decisions like that. And that really, really concerns me when something as gigantic as Roe comes before this court. Uh, I, I, you know, Alito, yes, Alito will overturn it. Thomas, Clarence Thomas, yes. Um, after that, I, I don't have a full confidence in, in in any of them.
2: No, there is no confidence there. I and I am, I am baffled. I I, I was baffled from the time. Those two went in. With they, they went in, and, and you know, before we were disappointed. Those two, I was beyond disappointed.
1: Barrett and Kavanaugh. Yeah, Barrett talking. and yes. Kavanaugh. Uh, yes, I, it's like, uh, and, and they, you know, I don't want to get into the Trump stuff. It gets gets old. But but uh, when when Trump just wanted a fair hearing on this election, they they just ran for the weeds, ran for the weeds. It just shows you that D.C., I believe, pastor, is where the seat of Satan is. Hmm. You know, Satan sits somewhere, right? Is that a verse from Revelation?
0: Well, it's interesting. Throughout all of Scripture, you find that uh, geography really is a highlighted point when it talks about where Satan resides. And so there are particular cities that are mentioned in Scripture. There are particular areas that have concentrated authority where Satan is geographically said to have been positioned and seated. Of course. I think that, again, as I said, this is a spiritual battle. You can't murder babies and have that not be of the devil. I mean, that yeah. is that is a spiritual battle, and it's just like how they put the babies through the fire to worship their gods and the Old Testament yes. gods people did. Now we're, we're sacrificing our babies on the altar of convenience. Mm-hmm. We're giving them up. We're killing them so that we can have the life that we want to have. And and that's kind of the mindset of this murderous abortion agenda, and of course, that's the seat of Satan, and, and unfortunately, oh, we say
1: seats, S-C-A-T. seats, absolutely,
0: yes. yeah, and and we see that just prolific, uh, uh, prolific, I think, in in Washington D.C. Absolutely, yeah, you
1: know, certainly one, he he, the, he certainly has a hierarchy too among the demonic system. And the Bible
0: says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers the rulers of the darkness of this world. And the blindness is coming from the authority figures that we have in our culture today. Make no mistake about it. They know what they're doing. And uh, they're using coercion, and they're using heavy-handedness, and they're using government overreach in order to push these spiritual agendas. I mean, they want to talk about separation of church and state. They're pushing probably more spiritual agendas on culture through government than the church is on culture through the church. I mean, it's amazing to see what's happening in our culture and, and today. The
1: church is folding on things. It is like. Critical race theory, which is nothing more than uh, uh, Marxism with makeup on mm-hmm. it, and Marxism is of the devil. It it is by nature, by definition, an uh, anti God, ungodly system, and and it killed 100 million people in the 20th century. That's all the proof you need. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we had uh, Glenn Newman on the shoot on the uh, show today, and and Glenn, thanks so much for coming on. We'll have you uh, have you again. I think you know we can just. We need a guy every once in a while to uh, help us just uh, uh, talk about issues and back and forth. And sometimes uh, the two of us get sick of looking at each other, frankly. And we need a fresh, good looking <laughs> face like General Newman. <laughs> and he, uh, if you want something done in the Middle High Valley, now we don't mean a mafia style, but I mean, he's, uh, he is a soldier for God in uh, the Middle High Valley and beyond. <laughs> yeah. He was doing, he was doing the uh, Godfather. Yeah, the Godfather, yeah. yeah uh you look a little italian my <laughs> wife my wife's italian she's doing that all the time that's why i do whatever she wants yep she yeah. comes from a certain part of italy that you hey. don't want to go hey to,
0: don't cross know? her
1: <laughs> 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 uh, that's her uh, how'd you know you just quoted yeah, her don't cross yeah, me dear yeah. she's a good woman though all right uh glenn newman thanks so much for coming on brother you're welcome i love you a lot and appreciate you're what welcome. you do and man i uh, keep doing it uh uh, God's using you. I mean, you have 100 people come to your meeting.
2: We used to have 100. We had almost 200 last year. 200 Tuesday. people. And, uh, yeah, it's growing. Been
1: doing it for 15 years, yeah. twice a month. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tired of thinking about it. 200 people, that's just God's, God's using it. You're using that group. Two hundred people. Pretty good. We God. had
2: fifty last night at uh, the Rock.
1: Yeah, fifty. Uh, there's a meeting here. That was the uh, second that meeting. About. That was
2: the second meeting. We had fifty.
1: Unbelievable. People are people are waking. You know, people have been saying for years, "Wake up, wake up!" You know, till you get tired of hearing it. People are waking up. Mm-hmm. People are waking up. The issue in the Virginia race yesterday was education and our kids being propagandized in the public schools. That's what it was. It was CRT. It was this pornography that's getting pushed Mm -hmm. to our children, our children in public schools. So God help us, and uh, God help us as we fight, and let's all fight for for Jesus Christ. Get involved somewhere, and the Lord will use it. You're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We'll be back with the etiquette uh, segment coming up next. You folks, uh, put your napkin on your lap, sit up straight. What else? Is that the only two we've check, taught him? Check your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Washington <laughs> used to do that. He had a little pick. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So we'll be right back listening to the Voice of Truth Radio. We'll be back in a sec. Welcome back to the Voice of Truth Radio Show. Your host, Mike Azinger, state senator, your co-host, Brian Leversey, pastor at Fellowship Baptist Church. We should uh, mention that uh, that you pastor there. Yes, and sir. And that I attend there. and uh, But I, I feel like um, I'm still you know, a decent Christian anyway, in <laughs> spite of the fact that I listen to your preaching every Sunday. By the way, Sunday night was a good See, one. See, anybody can survive our preaching there. <laughs> <laughs> I have to get one or two jabs on you when I... <laughs> When I count. All right, so what were we talking about? Oh, well, etiquette, se- uh, etiquette segment. So, uh, our guest, Glenn Newman, um, we tried to get rid of him, but uh, he hasn't left. So, <laughs> so he's going to sit in with us. And you, you you are allowed to comment as much as you want because we have a little extra time on this one. Uh, so, we are reading from 33 Forgotten Etiquette Rules to Practice for Impeccable Manners. This uh, this is from a book, uh, Glenn Newman, written in 1883. I remember that. It <laughs> <laughs> was right before the Civil War. You were uh, you were probably this. time playing in the mud puddles somewhere I was. with your buddies. Down Six the years old. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, 1880. So you know it's not going to be PC. Probably not. Right? If it's written in 1883. So I'm going to read through <clears throat> the first 15. We've done those. So I'm going to read them first. Number one. If you chance to be in the company of an inferior. Do not let him feel his inferiority. So thanks for not <laughs> that doing that to us. Number 2, the private property of others should be carefully respected. Number 3, never engage a person in private conversation in the presence of others nor make any mysterious allusions which no one else understands. So no per- private jokes and hey, you know, you got to take uh, be respectful for everyone to everyone near you. Number 4, never waste Never waste the time of others by making them wait for you. Be on time. Number five, do not show a want of courtesy by consulting your watch. Either at home or or abroad, everyone's looking at the watch in here. I've only done it like ten times today. Number six, it is your duty to seem. You know, nobody uses the word duty anymore. That word is passe. Yeah. Nobody has to have a duty. No one. There's no duty. We all love ourselves and do what we want for ourselves. Number six, it is your duty to seem interested in the conversation of those who are talking. I've been doing that all morning with you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you all guess As we it. lean in <laughs> right. Number seven Gossip and tailbearing are always a personal confession of malice and imbecility That's a great word, imbecility Wow I might use that more often Number eight It is ir- uh, very rude and an extreme violation of the rules of etiquette To make an engagement either of business or pleasure and to break it Do not break uh, Number nine An invitation once given cannot be recalled Number 10, never ask impertinent questions. Never betray a curiosity to know of the private and domestic affairs of other. Mind your own business, folks. Number 11, if a person checks himself in a conversation, in other words, he stops and says, oh, wait a minute, you should not insist on hearing what he intended to say. So I'm going to – I'll probably break that one the rest of my life.
0: (laughs) I'm too curious.
1: No, go ahead. Go ahead. Please. What do you mean you're not going to tell us the rest of that? As long as it's not about me, I'm good. I want to know about Glenn Newman and uh, <laughs> never answer another rudely or impatiently. Glenn Newman's good about that. Mm-hmm. He is a patient man. Wrong. The General. <laughs> Gen- General <laughs> number thirteen. Never boast of birth, friends, or money. Which I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, that's easy. You have to have, that's like... to, have to have money Check. to boast of it. <laughs> never boast of birth, friends, or money, or or of any superior advantages you may have. Number 14, be sure you do not spend your money just for the sake of showing how liberal you can be. Number 15, never intrude upon a businessman or woman in business hours unless you wish to see them on business. All right, so number 16, these are the fresh ones. These are brand new, and we'll go one at a time here. Let me look at the clocks so that we got uh, we got time to. Uh, comment if necessary. Number sixteen. Here we go. Never answer a serious remark with a flippant one. Hmm. Ever, I don't you know,
0: think that's practiced very much in our culture today. I got. I, I think we that make jokes out of everything.
1: Oh, we do, and I'm bad about that. My son. Last night we were watching the returns from Virginia. Uh-huh. My my oldest son, who's uh, wise for his age, I think. When I was 20, you know. Uh, so he starts into this speech on you know morals and and. uh standards and so on. And and, uh, and so my wife and I just kind of made a, a joke, like, oh, you're, you know. He said, no, I'm serious. <laughs> he was saying, no, take me seriously. I just gave you my heart. Take me seriously. And so we both apologized. <laughs> Look, bud, it was a good speech. Uh, so never answer a serious remark with a flippant one. Number 17, always show respect for the religious opinions and observations of others no matter how much they differ from your own, this is 1883 yeah. that this is written. So, uh, does that mean you have to believe it? No. Does that mean you have to say, "Hey, uh, those you have some good points"? Uh, if it's not biblical, we don't we don't agree with it, and we don't say, "Well, that's a good you know, that's true." If it's not true, but um, I think I think that I think that uh, with the unsaved, you got to be respectful. Um, even if you disagree with the point.
0: Well, I mean, both those those points of etiquette right there, if those were practiced today, would eliminate a lot of the strife that's going on in, in our culture right now. Mm. I mean, to just listen to somebody with respect, and then if you want to give your position, that's great. And then don't be flippant with people when they're trying to be serious with you. I mean, we mock and mock and mock and mock today, and I think that just stirs up more and more you know, fuel for the fire.
1: It's not speaking the truth in love. You no. Know? Like you mentioned earlier, um, and and I, I I have a buddy who's a missionary to Muslims to Islam, and it, winning uh, Muslims. A lot of them are seeing visions of Jesus Christ. It's just hmm. it is ubiquitous. But but he talks about in a book of his uh, when you witness to a Muslim or whoever, but especially somebody like that, it, it takes time. And it takes respect, showing these folks respect, and uh, that—that's true of anyway. You hold to your what you believe, you hold to your principles, but show love and respect to others. Number eighteen: young persons appear most ridiculous when trying to make others ridiculous by satire, satire or ridicule. Any comments on that? You,
0: no, don't
2: no
1: go there. Can you? <laughs> you don't, you don't want to even touch that. One.
0: I was hoping you guys could give me an example. <laughs>
1: Satire or ridicule. Uh, yeah, those can be those can be bad. Number 19, never speak of a man's virtues before his face or of his faults behind his back. So this guy from 1883, which is always fascinating to me because you know that 130 years ago that they had more virtue than we do and more uh, everything, you know. So he's saying never speak of a man's virtues before his face. So I've just been... <laughs> telling the middle of Ohio Valley how wonderful Glenn Newman is, so I get rebuked for it. So, so
2: now you're going to do go it behind my back. Now
1: I have to Now I have to get on here and tell you what I, what I uh, <laughs> now watch the satire I'm, in there. <laughs> satire. Glenn Newman's a good man. Never speak of a man's virtues before his face or of his faults behind his back. I want to know where that never speak of a man's virtues before his face come, came from. Mm-hmm. Why? Why would they say that back? Do you, do you agree with that, Glenn?
2: I do. I do. And this is not sarcasm, but I mean, we see it all the time. Someone goes up, and they start lauding on to this person. And pretty soon that person begins to think, "This is a I need to really get engaged with this person simply because he likes
1: me a lot. So you think it's more like flattery? Well, script, yeah,
0: yeah, scripture speaks about flattery. But I think yeah. in the context, you have to read the whole of the the point there. It's in your face, I'm flattering you behind yeah. your back, so I'm you trashing you. I think that's the okay. whole exactly. yeah. okay. the Okay. All right. Yeah. So.
2: so that was brilliant. What you see, you back
0: said? then they talk more in prose than they do in like, you know, straight up, hey, this is the way it is, so. I think it was just coming full circle.
1: Full circle. We'll take it. Number 20, a gentleman should never lower the intellectual standard in conversing with ladies. I didn't read this before. So uh, (laughs) we know ladies are as smart as we are. Of course. All right. So that was number 20. Um, Number 21 we'll do next week. This is from... Give you the article again. Best Life: Thirty-three Forgotten Etiquette Rules to Practice for Impeccable Manners. So we'll do that again next week. We got uh, we just did uh, twenty, so we got about three more weeks, two and a half, two weeks left of this. Good stuff in there. Thanks, Glenn Newman, for coming on the show. Thank you. It was Appreciate a it very yeah, much. You. Thank you. And uh, we're done, Pastor. Look at that, fifty-seven. It's another minutes. one. This was
0: show thirty-seven, by the way.
1: Show 37. We'll send this one to the Rush Limbaugh show (laughs) because we're going to get that call. Hey, look, the two guys that are doing it now, I mean, give me a break. I'm talking behind their back, but, you know, they're better Mm -hmm. than I am. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) How was that? All right, you're listening to the Voice of Truth radio show. We appreciate it very much. And uh, I'm State Senator Mike Gazinger, your host. My co host every week, Pastor Brian Leversey. We're on Thursdays at five, Saturdays at three. We podcast at Voice of Truth with Mike Azinger. And you can listen to our how many shows? Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Thirty seven shows right there. So if you got nothing to do on a weekend, there you go. That will that will take a that'll load it weekend. up. All right. We'll see you next week, folks. God bless you. I will